You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Bucks game is over. And now it's time for the longest running Pro Hoops post game show in Milwaukee. Hear from the players. You know, I feel good. I always can get better. But you know, I know I know myself. I know how usually it goes. You know, uh, if I'm healthy, things are gonna be okay. The head coach. Um, you know, offensively, I think you know we make a few more shots. Could be dangerous. And the fans. You got a guy in Giannis. He's just like the most likable human being, and all the other people fall in line with that. Everybody kind of takes it after him, and it just it's really positive to see that. That be the team that we give. This is the Pick and Save Pro Hoops Post Game Show, driven by Mercedes Benz of Milwaukee North. Now, here's your host, Bill Baby Tausch Schmid, on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome in, Bucks fans. No, it's not the result you wanted, but man, oh man, was that fun. 109.95, the final is the Nuggets knock off the Bucks, but. Denver had to work for it, and I mean they had to work for it against the Bucks. what, the C roster, the C team, not the Wisconsin herd, but it kind of felt like that at times. Radio Joe Zola with you guys tonight. I'm in for Baby Tausch, who's covering the Brewers down in spring training. Sam Schmidt's producing. Coming up here in just a couple minutes, we're going to talk with the Hall of Famer, Sidney Moncrief. We'll get his thoughts on this game as, man, I... I wasn't really expecting that from Mike Budenholzer going in, but I'll tell you what, I wasn't really mad about it. There's nothing to be mad about. I mean, let's let's think about this here for a second. And this Bucks team played really hard against the Lakers. It didn't go their way. They lose. Not the end of the world. The Phoenix Suns, for for whatever reason, have the Bucks number, and the Suns just shot out of their damn minds yesterday. So now, on a back-to-back, you fly to Denver in the Mile High City where you know that you're going to have to adjust because of the altitude. You know that you're going to be just a little bit tired from playing just the day before. So Mike Mudenholzer does something a little outside the box, and it's not the first time he's done it. I'll talk about what game... He because he, he did he did the same thing last season. It was late in the year. It was last season. I'll get to that in just a sec. But he decides to put a lineup tonight that included Robin Lopez, who needs some minutes. I mean, lately it's been hard to determine whether or not Marvin Williams is going to play over Robin Lopez or vice versa. But it was good to see Robin Lopez in the starting lineup tonight. Pat Connaughton gets a start. Sterling Brown gets a start. Thanasis gets a start. Man, that dude just grinded it out tonight. And then Wesley Matthews, the only starter, he got some action tonight. He really didn't help things out, but he was out there as well. That was quite the lineup we saw from Mike Budenholzer. And I think considering that Giannis is still recovering from his little minor knee issue, Eric Bledsoe had a little bit of a knee issue, George Hill is still dealing uh, with that contusion, It just made sense tonight. You know what? 
let's just try to do something a little different. I'm not going to put Chris Middleton out there and tire him out some more. I'm not going to go out there and put Brooke Lopez. Hell, I'm not going to put out Dante DiVincenzo. I thought maybe Dante DiVincenzo would play tonight. I thought Dante would start. But I think we're starting to realize how important he is to this Bucks team. So Mike Budenholzer gives him the night off. And so you put out that starting five, and for what it was worth, it felt like that game should have been over early on. I mean, at one point, the Nuggets were up by 16. They're drilling threes. They're kind of acting like the Phoenix Suns, and you're just thinking, well, you know what? That's it. It's over. It's over. They're not They're not going to do this. Well, they just keep chipping away, and the next thing you know, Denver starts to go cold, and the Bucks keep fighting out there. Yeah, they, they sold out on the three tonight. I mean, I can't tell you how many wide-open looks the Denver Nuggets had, but the Bucks just kept on fighting. Thanasis is getting in there. He's getting dirty. He's fighting for boards. He had that thunder dunk that Giannis just jumped out of his seat. Sterling Brown, no matter when he gets the opportunity to play in a game, whether it's five minutes or it's 30 minutes, that dude just comes out with a high motor. He had a thunder dunk of his own in that first half. And then coming off the bench, Kyle Korver. I mean, hello, Kyle Korver. That's going to be one of the things to talk about with Sidney Moncrief is, is just what Kyle Korver is going to bring to this team down the stretch here as we get closer to the playoffs and really what kind of role he will be in the playoffs. But Kyle Korver hitting shots left and right tonight. I mean, he's 8 of 15 from the field, 5 of 11 from three-point land, nearly had a six three-pointer after he stepped on the line there. They had to change it back to a two. But he led the way with 23 points a season high. But it was just so good to see this Bucks team play against a, a Denver Nuggets team that, quite frankly, is probably the most overlooked team in the NBA right now. You know, we talk about the Lakers. We talk about the Clippers. I mean, we know how competitive the Western Conference is. We talk about the Houston Rockets. That Denver Nuggets team is 43-21 and 21 on the season. And they've got some pretty darn good players. So for this Bucks team tonight to go out there and to essentially go almost four full quarters against the Nuggets' A team, they didn't have any significant injuries on their team. Right? There was no, That team was totally healthy tonight. Millsap's playing. Jamal Murray's playing. Jokic didn't feel like playing tonight. I didn't understand that at all. I mean, that dude just, he didn't want to show up tonight. But they were all there. They were all there on their home court, and the Bucs came out here with this different kind of strategy. Because if you're Mike Budenholzer, you really don't have anything to lose. You got nothing to lose. This Bucs team's going to get the number one seed in the East. And yes, they did lose tonight. And yes, they have now lost four of their last five. It's a three-game losing streak. But who cares? Who cares? It was fun tonight. It was fun to see this Bucks bench go out there and just bring a different tempo. A lot of dudes with a lot of rest. Why not play them tonight? I had no issues with what Mike Budenholzer did. None. At all. But I guess the simple question is, what can you take away from a game like this? 
can you just say that, you know what, this really wasn't a game that counted because your stars weren't in there and you knew you were probably going to lose anyway to Denver? Or can you look at this bench and just say that, you know what, just goes to show how deep this Bucks team really is. And this just adds to the fact as to why they're the best team in the Eastern Conference for a reason and why this team should be representing the Eastern Conference when it's all said and done in the NBA Finals. That's how I feel about it. So there was a lot to be happy about tonight. There were a lot of positives to take away from this, considering that they still lost and considering it's still three straight losses. But to me, that doesn't matter. So what did you guys take away from this one? 414-799-1250, 414-799-1250. We'll be expecting Sidney Moncrief coming up here in just a minute. But a guy who was at the game tonight, Marcus. Marcus, you're on the Pro Hoops Pick and Save postgame show. What's going on? Hey, how's it going, man? I'm just leaving the Pepsi Center now uh, with my pop. Uh, lifetime Milwaukee Bucks fan. Uh, been in Breckenridge, Colorado for about eight years. And... Uh, I just want to say Nikola Jokic is probably the biggest crybaby superstar I've ever seen in my life. The way he flaunts fouls on the court and everything. My father and I were here watching the game. If Giannis had 10 points and eight boards in a nationally televised game, I think this would be the talk of ESPN for the next week. (laughs) Yeah, I don't really understand what his deal was tonight. I mean, he just, like, he had no energy at all. He just, he didn't feel like playing, and I don't know if that was because he was just getting beat up by the Bucks C team or what. I mean, I saw him whining at the end there trying to get a foul call. All right, I appreciate you saying C team. I went out at halftime and had a smoke, and there was a bunch of Bucks fans out there, and all they were talking about is how the Bucks were still in this game, even though they had the G League team out there, this and that. Right. And how they were talking about how this is nothing but a positive, um, and and nothing, everything is good is going to come from this for sure. You know, everybody getting minutes that need minutes. You know, even DJ Wilson out there getting minutes, even though he kind of got bullied a little bit here and there. But it was it was nice to see him on the court getting minutes. Same with Tanasis. You know, guys that normally wouldn't get minutes. Uh, being out there, it was a beautiful sight to see. But uh, I just, I, I, this, I just want to play off of everything you said. You were 100 percent correct. This is nothing to worry about. Uh, seeing, seeing this play on the court, I think uh, if, if Giannis was on the floor, maybe Jokic would have gone a little harder. Maybe that's, you know, every, everybody wants to fight Muhammad Ali at full strength. No one wants to play Muhammad Ali with a broken wrist. So maybe that was a little bit of it. Um, but I. Just, Every Bucks fan out there, if they're worrying about four out of five losses, uh, with our with our team coming out there tonight, it was it was beautiful. Yeah, no question about it, Marcus. Hey, man, safe travels home, and uh, thanks for listening. Was out in Denver. Was at the game tonight. He's from Colorado. Has been out there last eight years. Bucks fan, and there were a lot of Bucks fans tonight. I mean, I if you look behind the bench, I couldn't tell you every time you saw you know Kyle Korver drilling a three. Whole bunch of people behind that Bucks bench were getting up and cheering. A lot of Bucks fans in Denver tonight. That was really cool to see. 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250 is the phone number. Is your Bucks fall tonight? 109-95 as they get swept on this West Coast road trip. But like I'm saying, this game, it just you have to be happy about this. You can't be pissed. Like this is the this is like the most annoying thing on sports talk radio right now. 
because, you know, part of our jobs is we like to ask questions. We like to get the pulse of what you guys are feeling. That's our job. And we want to be insightful. We want to be intelligent. We want to be entertaining. We want to do this for you. And so when you have a Bucks team that hasn't had a losing streak of any kind this season, this is something that we really have not been used to. And I would say, what, two years? I mean, yeah, a four-game losing streak against Toronto in the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't think I need to remind anyone about that. But when it comes to the regular season, I mean, really, we haven't been used to a losing streak of any kind. None for two years. I mean, I, I mean, we got to go back to Jason Kidd, Joe Prunty. We got to go back to that crap to think about when a true losing streak was. And so you've got one now. You've lost three straight. But again, guys, it don't mean anything, especially tonight. Especially tonight. Maybe it would have meant something to you if Chris Middleton and Eric Bledsoe are out there, you know, and, and they got forty minutes in. But that wasn't going to happen. And Eric Bledsoe wasn't 100%, so why would you put him out there? Again, I just think what Mike Budenholzer did tonight was genius. And there was another game where he did that last season. Remember late last year, the Bucks played the Hawks on the road? And remember, I, I actually, I pulled up the lineup in that game. It, Mike Budenholzer did the same thing in that game. Here was his starting lineup against the Hawks. This was in April. This was like the fourth to last regular season game before they went into the playoffs, where he started DJ Wilson, Bonzi Colson, remember him? Brooke Lopez, Tim Frazier, Sterling Brown. And that was the game where Sterling Brown had 27 points, and he was like 10 of 22 shooting. I mean, he was just shooting the lights out. And the Bucks ended up losing that game in overtime, 136-135, but... Bud has done this before, and I think tonight was one of those nights where he had to do it again, considering the circumstances, considering the health of your team, considering you're on a back-to-back, considering you were going to play a really tough team that you probably weren't going to win anyway. Hey, put some guys on the floor that are going to bring energy. Mike and uh, let's go Mike on the south side. I got a couple mics on hold. Mike on the south side, you're next up on the fan. Yeah, hey, Mayor. Uh, they already won a game this month, right? Uh, yes. I'm trying to remember when. Do you remember the game? Uh, i got to go back and look at the schedule. Yes, I think they have one in the month of March. Yes. All right, we'll move on. Well, at least they won't go winless. But, uh... Yeah, they beat Indiana March great. 4th at uh, home. You know, a little bit depleted in the lineup. Uh, defeated. Exposed a little bit. I'm glad it's over, that West Coast trip. I think you get the Boston home cooking. Maybe get some calls. I don't know this West Coast bias where I counted like two calls. They might have got some bounces their way. You know, they'll stay the course. Heads up. Budenoza will rally them. You get G, K, E, and D, D back. Stomp the East. Get to the finals. And this Lakers, I don't know what their bench is. But I still think it will be Bucks Lakers, and uh, that's all I got tonight. 
All right, Mike, thanks for the call. Always appreciate it. 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250 is where you can call in. You can also hit us up on Twitter. Follow us at 105.7 FM The Fan. I'm at Radio Joe Sports. You can follow me there as well. And Facebook.com slash 105.7 FM The Fan. You can like us there, and you can chime in on it as well. What can you take away from a game like this, Bucks fans? I mean, again, I don't, I don't want to hear any negatives tonight. There's no reason to be pissed about a game like this. Considering all the circumstances I just went through. So what kind of positives can you take away from a game like this? Despite the fact the Bucks have lost four of their last five, a big game coming up against Boston. You hope and pray that Giannis will be ready to go for that game. Speaking of which, let's just look at the injury report real quick. Who's banged up on the Bucks? Once I felt I could put weight on it, I was like I had to get back out there. This is the McCormick Law Office Milwaukee Injury Report. McCormick Law Office, the back injury attorneys. This is the Pick and Save Pro Hoops Post Game Show, driven by Mercedes Benz of Milwaukee North on the fan. Again, 109.95 if you're just joining us. The Nuggets knock off the Bucks tonight. But boy, oh boy, Denver had to work for that one. Your injury report, this is where we stand. So Giannis, of course, you've seen the reports, you've seen the news. It's just a minor uh, joint sprain, if you want to call it that, in Giannis's left knee. So that's where he stands. Of course, he didn't play. George Hill was also out with a right abductor contusion. Hopefully he's back. Eric Bledsoe, right knee effusion was out. Mike Budenholzer didn't even know what the hell that was. I don't know what the hell that is. I'm not a doctor. Just like I'm not going to try and... uh, tell you how to how to think about the coronavirus because you know the nba today major league baseball everyone's coming together now all of a sudden media people have to stay six to eight feet away from players and coaches just people wash your hands wash your hands stay clean don't cough on each other that's all i got that's all i got that's all i got so hopefully we'll see what happens here when the bucks take on the celtics at Pfizer form as they come back home thursday night uh, but hopefully we will have a much healthier Bucks team going into that. In the meantime, though, taking your calls, 414-799-1250, 414-799-1250. What can you take away from a game like this? What can you take away from it? I'd like to think it's all positives. I shouldn't have to hear any negatives tonight. I don't want to hear any negatives, despite the fact that the Bucks have lost three straight. This was kind of a fun game. We'll talk about it more coming up next right here on The Fan. It seems to me this has been a decent deflection game. What defensive play stood out? Here's the Laborers Local 113 defensive play of the game. The Laborers Local 113 Milwaukee. Feel the power at liuna113.org. This is the Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show, driven by Mercedes Benz of Milwaukee North on the fan. 109.95, the final. Radio Joe Zanzola with you. Part of the Bill Michael Show, weekdays 10 to 2 here on The Fan. I'm in for Bill Babytow Schmid. It's going to be back on this show. I haven't been on, I haven't been doing this show in over a year, I want to say. Just uh, different, uh, I run a different schedule these days, working for the big unit. But it's going to be back. I, I, Dude, guys, I'm a huge Bucks fan. You know, I'm not just uh, Mr. Media Guy, Mr. You know, I got to be serious about everything. No, I'm, I'm a big Bucks fan. I've been a B- big Bucks fan my entire life. 
And just like a lot of you, I've seen mainly lows and not enough highs. But the last couple of years have been certainly special. And it's just, for this fan base, it's hard for us to... uh, It's hard for us to really know what we're seeing right now, you know? And again, it's like we talked about. The fact that the Bucs have lost three game, three straight games in four of their last five, we just don't know how to react to that because this Bucs team just wins literally every single night that they play. And that we really haven't experienced losing like this in the regular season at least almost two years ago. I mean, yeah, I mean, if you want to look at the Eastern Conference Finals from last year losing four straight, yeah, that wasn't fun. That sucked. But that's really when it counted. But now the regular season, it's a little different. We'll talk more about that coming up, getting your takeaways from the game tonight, especially considering the starting lineup that Mike Budenholzer put out there. But first, the defensive play of the game. I think no doubt it's the Nassus with this ridiculous reduction, or re- re- <laughs> rejection on Mason Plumley. Rarely play together in practice. Nice job to Nassus. I guess he stops Mason Plumley dead at the rim. His brother is the best restricted area defender in the league in terms of opponent field goal percentage. And Thanasis, he showed some DNA there, didn't he? He has the same DNA, apparently. Just a lot of heart to go in there and even attempt to to block a dunk like that in terms of what could have happened. There you go. That I like courtesy of Fox Sports Wisconsin, Jim Paschke and Marcus Johnson on the call. Yeah, that was the one uh, that got Giannis out of his seat. Um, And Kane Pittman... Uh, who covers the Bucks? He made a really good point on Twitter too. It's like, okay, if Giannis can jump out of his seat, the knee must be okay, right? I, I think the knee is just fine for Giannis. And again, I, we were all gasping for breath Friday night when we saw that, but I, I'm just, I'm really not concerned, and I'm really hoping that everything's going to be fine. There's going to be no setbacks. I mean, Giannis, Giannis was finding ways tonight to get involved in that game. Whether it was, you know, during the halftime shoot around where they're getting loose again, Giannis is out there working with his brother a little bit. Um, you know, when Thanasis fell to the ground in the second half, Giannis is the first per- person running from the bench over to help his brother up. I mean, he is there. And if that doesn't motivate your brother Thanasis to play hard, I don't know what will, because Thanasis. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like he had this great game tonight. I mean, I can't tell you how many times the ball just whoop went right through his hands. He had a hard time holding on to the basketball, but he still had the drive. He still had the energy. He still had the motor. And there were some nice plays he made, like that dunk right there. That was some incredible stuff. 414-799-1250, 414-799-1250. Debo tweets at Radio Joe Sports and at 105.7 FM The Fan. You can follow both accounts there. He says, I'm happy Corver and some of these other guys got some quality minutes and gave some starters some rest. Loved what Coach Bud did tonight. Buck's still getting to finals as long as Giannis is healthy. That's from Debo tweeting at Radio Joe Sports and at 105.7 FM The Fan. I totally agree. I totally agree. You know, my whole my whole slice of life on this Bucks team, I expect NBA Finals from them. I expect it. And you can tell me all you want about what it takes to get to the NBA Finals. You can tell me 
how hard it is and how it's a completely different animal in the postseason. Guys, I get it. I, I, I don't... I, I understand all of that. You know, I learned a cold, hard truth that, you know, you can't take anything for granted, and last year, the Bucks should have been in the NBA Finals. They should have been there. But Toronto was clearly the hotter team, and a few things worked against the Milwaukee Bucks, and that's why they weren't able to get there. But I think a team that can learn from that kind of experience, especially a group of guys that have never been in that situation before, and considering the fact that, like you just saw tonight with the depth that they have, guys, I think this team is better than last year's team. I think they are. I think everything you've seen from this group of guys, top to bottom on the roster, is better than what they had last year. And so at the end of the day, if you've got this Bucks team healthy with Giannis, that's the key, healthy with Giannis, this team should be able to win every seven-game series that comes their way. There's going to be bad nights. We've seen the bad nights. We saw a pretty bad one yesterday in Phoenix. And that stuff will happen in the NBA. That's just normal. But, I mean, let's be honest. I'm still expecting this Bucks team to represent the Eastern Conference when it's all said and done. That's the expectation. I mean, if this team can't get... This team cannot get to the NBA Finals because more bad luck went their way. I, I just... I mean, I, I give up trying to figure this out. I mean, I just, I just don't know as a fan. Maybe I'll be more insecure as a fan if they can't get it done this year. Because, I mean, I just, again, John Horace does an incredible job putting this, putting this group of guys together. But, again, tonight, tonight was just a great example of what guys who don't get opportunities to play much, who end up playing in garbage time or you know, play sparingly depending on how Bud wants to rotate his guys. Because again, he has so many different guys he can go with. And when certain guys on this Bucks roster are heating up and playing well, he's going to stick with them. Like, you know, a perfect example is lately we've been seeing more of Marvin Williams and a little less of Robin Lopez and Definitely a lot less of Ursan Ilyasova. Like, Ursan Ilyasova has completely fallen off the map on this roster. Now, again, I would have liked to have seen Ursan do a little bit more in this game tonight. I mean, Ursan Ilyasova only played 16 minutes. And I'm not going to sit here and try to critique who should have gotten more minutes in a game like this. But I think Ursan Ilyasova needs to find confidence because that could be a guy you may have to go back on in the playoffs if some of these other shooters go ice cold. I and mean, that's part of the reason why you brought in Ursan Ilyasova. You brought him you brought him in for his defense. He's always played good defense, but you've also brought him in because he's had that ability to stretch the floor really well. And for the last couple of months it's been pretty bad for Ursan, but I would have loved to have seen him get a little bit more action in a game like this just because. And didn't he play the other he played the other night. I don't think he took a shot. That's that's a dude I really want to keep an eye on because I think as of right now, when Bud is trying to put together a rotation of guys going into the first round and in the second round of the playoffs, I'm not really sure Ursan Ilyasova is making the cut. Marvin Williams is certainly going to be ahead of him, and Robin Lopez is certainly going to be ahead of him. But that is a guy that you want to just see get out of his little funk. And Kyle Korver is another one. I mean, Kyle Korver, you know, has been hurt a little bit. 
He's been banged up. And again, this has been a guy that's been in the league for a long, long time. But to see Kyle Corver tonight go 5 of 11 from 3, 8 of 15 from the field, lead the team with 23 points. I mean, we're not expecting this out of Kyle Corver every time he comes off the bench for the Bucs. But how much of a role is Kyle Corver going to play for this team in the playoffs? Because some could argue that's why you brought him. You brought him for the leadership. You brought him for the experience. He's won a title. Is he one of those shooters off the bench that you can rely on in the playoffs? That's another guy that I'm curious to see when he gets the minutes that he gets, you know, in this last month of the season, how productive is he going to be? And I, I just think that's going to be the biggest key. You know, what, what, you know, what, what are the minute restrictions that Budenholzer is going to give him? And then what kind of production is he going to get? Because that's another guy that you can you would like to think you're going to need in the playoffs. 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250 is the phone number as the Bucks lose tonight 109-95. But Mike Budenholzer thinking outside the box tonight starting this group. Thanasis, Robin Lopez, Wesley Matthews, Planet Pat, Sterling Brown. No one saw that coming. And I thought maybe, just maybe... Sometimes I, I have dumb ideas, and I like to put them out on Twitter because I just like to see what people say. Uh, so I had this crazy idea that if the Bucks were actually in this game in the second half, would Mike Budenholzer decide to go back to Chris Middleton or go back to Dante DiVincenzo or go back to Brooke Lopez and uh, Frank Madden? I don't know if you guys are familiar with a longtime podcaster, blogger. Uh, he tweeted right back. I mean, said absolutely not. That's not going to happen, Joe. So I, I'll just shut up on that. But, I mean, after what Budenholzer put out there tonight, I thought anything goes. Because those guys were in uniform. I mean, they weren't inactive. They didn't have their sports coats on. But, you know, Eric Bledsoe did. Giannis did. Not them. So I thought, could we see a cameo from these guys if this game was going well, considering who you're playing in the Denver Nuggets? Because it would have been nice to win tonight. I mean, hell, if this group had beaten the Denver Nuggets tonight, I would have lost my freaking mind. I just would have. I just would have. Just crazy. 414-799-1250 is the number. We'll continue to take more of your calls coming up. We're also supposed to hear from Matt Velasquez. And I um, I don't know what the deal is tonight. I think Matt Velasquez is allowed to be in the locker room. I think he's allowed to be face-to-face with some of these Bucks players, and he doesn't have to keep that six- to eight-foot um, space between them. I think that starts tomorrow in the NBA. I mean, look, if you're just going to implement this, you might as well just do it now. <laughs> you might as well just do it now, right? I don't, I'll be curious to see what Matt Velasquez has to say. Um, as uh, a lot coming out of that Bucks locker room, and I got to think these guys are holding their heads up pretty high after this one, even though they've lost three straight games. We'll continue to take your calls. Radio Joe Zanzola with you. This is the Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show, and uh, we are driven, driven by Mercedes-Benz in Milwaukee North. Bucks lose, but it's okay, Bucks fans. Don't be too mad. It's okay. More coming up next. Did that really just happen? It's time for the Are You Kidding Me? Moment of the Game. Brought to you by Gene Wagner Plumbing. Celebrating over 50 years in business. For any residential, commercial, or industrial plumbing needs, go to GeneWagner.com. This is the Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show. Driven by Mercedes-Benz of Milwaukee North. On the fan. 414-799-1250 
105-95, the final as the Denver Nuggets knock off the Milwaukee Bucks tonight. Welcome back. Radio Joe's and Zola with you in for Bill Babytow Schmid. We will be on the air coming up Thursday night after Bucks and Celtics at Pfizer Forum. A big one. A big one. And hopefully all the Bucks starters are healthy, rest up, good to go. That will be a huge contest between these two teams. And I'll be back in the saddle, filling in for uh, Baby Tosh again. He's uh, If you're wondering where he is, he's in spring training all week covering the Brewers with Tim Allen. Uh, you can check out all their great stuff, 1057fmthefan.com. If you missed any part of this show tonight as well, Fan On Demand and 1057fmthefan.com. Download that free radio.com app. That's right, all of our content is free, unlike some other stations in this city. So, are you kidding me? Yeah, there were a couple. So I wanted to give the Thanasis block. That had to be defensive play of the game. But you could have argued that was the are you kidding me moment of the game. How about Sterling Brown? That guy, just again, the motor is always there. Sterling Brown, hammer against Michael Porter Jr. Wow. Talk about a finish. Yeah, I mean, that dude just... Just takes it from the perimeter and just drives and says, see you later, Michael Porter. I'm going to blow it right by you. And he does just a nasty dunk from Sterling Brown. The thing about Sterling Brown, and that highlight was courtesy of Fox Sports Wisconsin. The one thing about Sterling Brown, you know, I know he is not the role player that you were hoping for this season because it's been hard for him to see any minutes. I mean, the fact of the matter is, the Bucs just have so many good players on this team and so much depth that it's been impossible for Sterling Brown to see the floor. And, you know, I remember at the trade deadline when we were talking about whether or not it was right um, or even makes sense as to whether or not the Bucs actually should try and make a trade, a lot of people were floating Sterling Brown's name out there. And I, I just, that's a guy that, you know, to me, if he got traded, I don't think it'd be the end of the world. But, I've always liked Sterling Brown as a basketball player. Like, when he has played, he always has that motor. He's always playing as hard as he can. He's always trying to make an impression. And he can hit a shot. He can play some defense. He can fight for boards. I mean, Sterling Brown has never been a scrub. I think what's worked against them is the fact that, you know, you have a championship-caliber team, and you got so many veterans in front of them that, I mean, you got to almost do everything right kind of like a Dante DiVincenzo, to see more minutes and to be able to get out there more often than not in Budenholzer's rotations. And Sterling Brown just hasn't had that chance, really. But I've I've liked his game. I, I always thought there was more room for improvement with Sterling Brown, that he could be an even better player. And I thought I was seeing a lot of that last season. Again, he just hasn't gotten the opportunities. But um, Sterling Brown, I, I just I, I really like the guy. And I wish he would get more playing time, but right now it's just not the case. And it's a good problem to have if you are uh, watching this Milwaukee Bucks team right now and you're thinking to yourself, you know, this is a very special group. All right, let's um, let's take a look at some of the numbers from this game. How did tonight's game add up? Let's go inside the box score. This is the Pick and Save Pro Hoops Post Game Show, driven by Mercedes-Benz of Milwaukee North on the fan. 
All right, we'll start with uh, the other Antetokounmpo that's on this team, Thanasis. 19 minutes, 3 of 6 from the field, 0 of 2 from three-point territory, 3 of 6 from the line at six boards, three dimes, a couple of steals, a block. Look at Thanasis filling up that stat sheet. Doing a little bit of something everywhere. He had nine points in the game. Robin Lopez, 32 minutes, 4 of 11 from the field, 3 of 6 from three-point territory, had a couple of corner threes to open up the game that was good to see he had five boards three dimes a steal and a block 11 points for Rolo Wesley Matthews didn't really do a a whole lot of anything tonight took 11 shots he only made two of them one of five from three-point territory four of five from the line six rebounds two assists two steals and nine points for the Marquette product. Pat Connaughton, 29 minutes, 2 of 7 from the field, 0 of 5 from three-point territory. Yeah, his offensive game didn't help either in the starting lineup. He did have three boards, a dime, and six points for Planet Pat. Sterling Brown, 36 minutes. We just talked about him. 6 of 16 from the field, 3 of 8 from three-point territory, 1 of 2 from the line, 6 rebounds, 3 dimes, 16 points for Sterling Brown. Off the bench, these were the four players that Mike Budenholzer used tonight. Ersani Ilyasova, 16 minutes, one of two from the field, zero of one from three-point territory, two points, five boards, one assist, one steal. DJ Wilson also saw some action tonight. It's good to see DJ play. He's been tearing it up every time he goes out to the G League with Appleton. Uh, 21 minutes, four of 10 from the field, two of six from three-point territory, nine rebounds, one dime, and 10 points for DJ Wilson. Frank Mason III, another G League product. Uh, he played all right tonight. He had a couple of nice dishes uh, to a couple of cutting players. That was good. Uh, but he also rushed things at times, especially from his three-point shots. Four of 12 from the field in 30 minutes. One of six from beyond the arc. Four rebounds, five dimes, nine points for Frank Mason the third, And uh, the man of the hour who played the best tonight, Led the team with 23 points was Kyle Korver. 24 minutes of work, 8 of 15 from the field, 5 of 11 from three-point territory, 2 of 3 from the charity stripe, 4 rebounds, 4 dimes, 1 steal, and a block for Kyle Korver. The Bucks shot 37% from the field, 30% from three-point territory. They took 50 attempts from the perimeter tonight. 50. And they only hit 15. And he just hit three or four more, it's a completely different game. Considering how hot Denver got from three-point land in the first half and the fact they cooled off in the second half, and they were like 10 of 23 at the half, and then after that, they only hit six three-pointers. I mean, this could have been a completely different game if the Bucks just hit a few more of their threes. But again, this is your bench going up against the number one Denver team. And really, one of the best teams in the Western Conference, a team that I feel continues to be overlooked by a lot of people. I think this Denver team could give LeBron and company fits. I think they can give Kawhi and company a lot of fits. That is a very talented basketball team. Hopefully, uh, Jokic plays a little bit better because that dude just didn't feel like playing tonight. Uh, The Nuggets, they were 43% from the field as a team, 39% from three-point territory, 91% from the line, putting up 109 points tonight. Compared to the Bucks, 95, and that's where it stood. 109-95, the final. The Bucks fall to 53 and 12 on the season. Denver, 43 and 21. They improve, and even though they've lost four out of five, and it is a losing streak, it's not the end of the world. As they like to say, in the uh, when you do a when you do like a game, 
you know, they go, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. That, that's what we have to do right now here on the Pick and Save Pro Post Game Show. Giannis tracks it down and jams. There's always something unexpected that changes the game. It's going to be crazy, man. Here's tonight's X Factor of the Game. Brought to you by Brian Stratton College Athletics. Offering athletic scholarships in 15 junior college sports. Learn more at bscbobcats.com. This is the Pick and Save Pro Hoops Post Game Show. Driven by Mercedes-Benz of Milwaukee North. On the fan. I don't want to say too much about it. There you go. That's a two. Coach Budenholzer thinks it was a three. Leon Wood said two. We'll have a chance to look at it. Well, it don't matter. He was the key reason why the Bucks were still in that game. I mean, this game should have been over after the second quarter, but it wasn't. The Bucks continue to fight and fight and fight. Even though they lose 109-95, Kyle Korver kept them in that fourth quarter, and yeah, that was a close one there, but he drilled five three-pointers in that game. And, he, I mean, he was going back and forth with Jamal Murray. I mean, those two guys were having a duel out there early on in the fourth quarter. But uh, Kyle Korver was just was pivotal and gave the Bucks a fighting chance. I mean, at one point, the Bucks got within two of the Nuggets in their house against their number one unit. Again, it just, guys, nothing to be mad about tonight. And thankfully, so far in this postgame show, I mean, I don't know what Sam Schmitz has heard behind the glass if there's been any, like, crazy callers that have called in and are, like, saying bad things. Like, again, like, yeah, he's shaking his head. There's nothing to be mad about. There's nothing to be mad about. Yes, they lost three straight. Yes, they've lost four out of five. But it's not the end of the world. They were probably going to lose anyway tonight. So why not try some something completely different where you have a bunch of guys that haven't had a chance to play that are going to go out there and they're not going to slack off their they have the energy because they haven't had a whole lot of work on this road trip, so why not give it a shot? Give the Nuggets a look that they weren't expecting. I think they were expecting Chris Middleton to play tonight. They thought maybe Eric Bledsoe would play tonight. No, 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 not the case. Here's something different. And for the most part, that was fun. It was fun. Here I was thinking this game was going to suck tonight, and it really didn't. It was fun. We're going to hear from Matt Velasquez coming up. He's tweeting a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Matt underscore Velasquez on Twitter. Um, so we're going to hear from some of the things that have been going on in that Bucks locker room coming up here in just a minute. But your X factor of the game, as we just talked about, um, Kyle Korver. I mean, he kept these guys in this game tonight. Mr. Believe It or Not, he tweets at Radio Joe Sports and at 105.7 FM The Fan where you can weigh in on our question. I mean, again, what can you guys take away from a game like this, if anything? He tweets, this roster is way better than the roster from last year. Everybody, um, Last year, everybody says we're not better because we lost Malcolm Brogdon. I just feel like Dante will be a better Malcolm. That's interesting. That's from Mr. Believe It or Not, he tweets, at the fan and at Radio Joe Sports. I, yeah, you know, that's the thing about Dante DiVincenzo. It, it was very interesting that this dude didn't play tonight. And I thought, considering that you were going to play all your bench guys, that Dante DiVincenzo would be in the starting lineup, that you'd want to give him even more meaningful minutes, give him 30, 35 minutes. But then again, you think about it, coming off the back-to-back, 
the fact that he has been just so key lately, and I mean, his game just continues to get better and better every time he goes out there. And now all of a sudden, he's scoring points off the bench. I mean, he's looking like a looking like your sixth man out there. Man, I hope that continues. But his game just continues to evolve before your eyes. And he didn't see any action tonight. And it just tells me that that's how important he is to this Bucks team right now. He was the one guy I looked at at the beginning of the season, and I thought, man, what's Dante DiVincenzo going to do this year? I mean, how much of a step forward can you take in really your true second year as a player, considering last year you got some action here and there, and he, he looked good when he got his moments last year, but he was hurt. I mean, he couldn't stay healthy, so there was really no chance. I mean, any limited time he got, he had to make the most of it. And when we talk about losing Malcolm Brogdon and that kind of production, losing that 50-40-90, you know, I, I was, man, I, I, was, I was all about Malcolm Brogdon last year. And I, I was a little skeptical. You know, could the, could the Bucs make up for that loss? And at the beginning of the season, I felt that with the additions John Horst made, that this was good enough, that this this could be enough to make up for Malcolm. Well, the fact that Dante DiVincenzo has not just taken a step, he's taken three steps forward in his development. I still can't believe he was not on that NBA Futures team during the All-Star break. The Rising Stars, I, I don't understand why he wasn't there. It doesn't make any sense to me at all. But Dante DiVincenzo has been just unbelievable for this Bucks team off the bench. And I hope that continues. I guess the one thing you fear is, this is probably the only negative thing I'll say tonight, is a dude that's in his second year, can that postseason pressure, can that affect him? Can that get to his head a little bit? I mean, Dante, Dante is just so focused on the court. The dude is just so locked in all the time, and he's just he has really good court smarts where he just he knows where he needs to be. He knows when to fight for balls. He knows where his teammates are around him. He's making smart decisions with the basketball, passing the basketball, even when there's there's other guys all around him. I mean, he just makes a lot of good decisions, and I don't think anyone expected this kind of jump in his game. And thus, that's why he didn't even play tonight. Budenholzer wants to get him ready for this game against Boston because certainly, certainly they're going to need him. I just don't know what the ceiling is for Malcolm Brock or for Dante DiVincenzo. I don't know if he can be Malcolm Brock. Don't know. But he does a lot of things on both ends of the floor. And that is just so essential. So essential. 414-799-1250 is the phone number. Again, Bucks lose tonight 109-95, but it's just not the end of the world end of the world. The Bucks are gonna fly back tonight fly into this rainy weather we have here in Wisconsin, and then they're going to rest up for a couple of days. We'll have the Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show immediately following Bucks and Celtics on Thursday night. I'll be back in the seat uh, in for baby Tausch, so I'm looking forward to that. But we'll continue to get your thoughts on this, and uh, we'll also hear from Mike Budenholzer and Matt Velasquez as well. More coming up next right here on The Fan. Let's hear from the head coach. This segment is sponsored by Schneider. For over 80 years, they've been offering great careers with great benefits and more home time. Visit schneiderjobs.com or call 1-800-44-PRIDE. 
This is the Pick and Save Pro Hoops Post Game Show, driven by Mercedes-Benz of Milwaukee North on the fan. Welcome back. Radio Joe Zenzola with you. Bucks lose tonight, 109-95. But they gave the Nuggets a run for their money out in Denver. Even though the West Coast road trip was not really a success, it's still not the end of the world. Your Bucks are 53-12. and 12. Let's just relax. Let's just relax. All right, so let's hear what Mike Budenholzer had to say after this. I really, I'm curious to hear what Bud's thoughts are, considering this very interesting, creative lineup. Again, I got no objections with it at all. Um, what did he think of this group of bench players for the Bucks tonight and how they performed? Here's Mike Budenholzer. You know, to kind of after a big first quarter, just kind of kept clawing, put ourselves in a good position, um, and they just couldn't make quite enough plays down the stretch, but. Really, really pleased with the effort and the competitiveness of the group. It was a group that doesn't necessarily have a ton of reps together. What did they show you about how they were able to work as a unit? Yeah, I mean, they work hard in practice. You know, they're prepared every night. You know, um, some of them are in the rotation, some of them aren't. And, uh, but they're all ready to go. They're all good players. And they all know, um, you know, how we want to play. And, you know, you can see that tonight. Why did you choose this group of players for this game? Yeah, I think this was the group that gave us our best chance. You know, it's... Uh, Every night in the league, you need a little something different, but I thought the fresh bodies, um, you know, some of these guys that have been playing, I thought we needed a lot of energy tonight going against a good Denver team, and, um, you know, we were right there. This group put us right where we wanted to be, and we just weren't quite able to get it done. Any injuries to report from Dante, Brooke, Chris, or Marvin? Uh, no. What was it about Chris, Dante, Brooke, and Marvin that wouldn't have given you a good chance tonight or the best chance? No, I just think, you know, at some point... Um, you know, you go with kind of the freshest um, bodies in certain situations and guys that we felt like we had to bring it on the defensive end, play with a lot of energy, play with a lot of pace. And um, and the guys that we, we played did that, you know, and obviously those other guys are, are good. They're available. I told them to be ready. Um, and we went with the group we did because we felt that was the best thing tonight. What did you think of Sterling tonight? Yeah, I thought he was great. You know, he, he the ball was in his hands a lot, um, you know, which is just great growth opportunity for him. And um, you know, I thought defensively he competed. Um, he, he just had some really great reads and great decisions, and um, he's such a good player, you know, so it's hard. He's not in the rotation. We want to play him more, and, you know, it was great to see him play as well as he did. At what point did you realize that Kyle Korver had the hot hand tonight? Uh, I don't know. Usually he makes it feels like his first or second shot, and then, he, you know, he's just like, well, okay, let's see if we can get him the ball a little bit more. And, you know, it's credit to Sterling, credit to some of the guys, you know, just trying to find him. Robin's a great screen setter. Those guys were going and getting him. Um, you know, so it's good to see, you know, he missed a handful of games for him to kind of get his rhythm, get his, um, you know, just feel for what we're doing back. Um, you know, it was really beneficial. How far back in the memory bank did you have to go to remember all those sets for Kyle? <laughs> a ways. This guy's on the inside. After every game, listen to the Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show for the latest from JS Online's Matt Velasquez. Brought to you by the law offices of Thomas Marola. Divorce, child custody, or any other family law needs. Go with experience. Go with Thomas Marola online at marolalaw.net or call 414-327-5800. This is the Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show driven by Mercedes-Benz of Milwaukee North on The Fan. 
109.95, the final. And joining us now from Denver is the man himself, Matt Velasquez. Matt, your thoughts on uh, this very creative lineup that Mike Budenholzer put out there tonight? Well, it was weird. It was, it was very weird. I, I, I can tell you that. Uh, I wasn't expecting it. Um, I don't know exactly what I was expecting. I mean, I knew Giannis was out, obviously. I knew uh, but wait, pretty far before the game that you know Eric Bledsoe and George Hill would be out um, with their various injuries. But I, I didn't expect um, the starting lineup we got and the, you know, the, the lineup that we got. Um, but I, I think that you know, this might have been um, Bud's way of, of trying to get his guys maybe a little bit of rest, though he can't exactly say that. Um, you know, uh, I think it also might have been a way to kind of show some unhappiness with a back-to-back going into altitude in Denver. Um, though he, that was never explicitly said, um, but it was very strange. I, I'm, I'm sure of that. Yeah, no, I mean, there's no question about it. I mean, first of all, the Bucks kind of got screwed in this whole West Coast road trip thing where they have to play three out of four games and then go from Phoenix to Denver and, right, adjust to that altitude, which that, 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 that's hard for any player, let alone when you're still recovering from the game before. Um, and, and you heard it there from Coach Budenholzer after the game, too. I mean, no one, no one else was hurt on the roster. This, this pretty much was rest. So, I mean, I'll start, I'll start first with Thanasis, Matt. Um, it was just really cool. I mean, I know it wasn't a great game for Thanasis, but he just continued to bring the energy out there every time he was on the court. I mean, that's what he does. That, that's the number one thing. Like, if you know anything about Thanasis Dekumbo, like, that's what you know. Like, you know that he's going to go out there, and he's going to hustle, and he's going to make energy plays, he's going to try hard, um, and it's going to result in some, like, pretty... You know, pretty impressive stuff. I mean, his block uh, in, in the first uh, first quarter or so, uh, that was pretty pretty impressive. You know, the uh, you know he had a dunk at one point, he had a steal. Um, you know, he he did some interesting good stuff. Uh, like you said, it wasn't necessarily like a an overall like great game for him or anything like that. Um, but he did what he does, and you know, uh, at least he has that. He has the the consistency to that you know what you're gonna get when he's on the floor. Talking with Matt Velasquez is joining us from Denver here on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Another guy that, um, again, just doesn't get enough opportunities because there's so much depth on this roster, and it's just hard for him to get, you know, you know, consistent minutes. It's Sterling Brown, and I mean the thing is, Matt. I, I love Sterling Brown. Like, I really wish he'd get more time. It's just impossible to give it to him. But, again, he's another guy. When he's out there, he has such a high motor, and we saw that again tonight. Yeah, I think, you know, they threw him into a, a new situation. He was a, their primary ball handler for a lot of the night. Um, he's not a point guard. Uh, I think you could see that uh, through the way he played. Uh, not because he was, like, demonstrably bad. Though, but he was worse than you would expect a point guard or a seasoned point guard to be, and he's just not that. Um, so be, getting pressed into that kind of service, um, you know, it's a challenge for him. And, and, you know, Bud termed it as an opportunity for growth, um, which is a, a good way to frame it. Um, but I think that, you know, given that he is not a point guard and they were putting him in that role, uh, I think he handled it okay. I think he would have liked to make a few more shots than he did. Um, but other than that, you know, this was an opportunity for him to do something different and, and get some play because you're right, like he's, he may not get a lot more opportunities the rest of the year, uh, especially when playoffs come. All right, well, this is a guy I'm really interested about, and it's Kyle Korver because, you know, Korver had a big night tonight. He had a season-high 23 points. I mean, he kept the Bucks in that game in the fourth quarter. But, you know, I, I don't I want your thoughts on Kyle Korver, Matt, because 
I don't know what kind of role we're expecting out of him in the playoffs. I mean, because he's the veteran, because he's been there, because he's won a title, you know, that leadership is certainly present. But from a minute standpoint and, you know, are you expecting him to be one of the more clutch shooters off the bench in the playoffs? I'm still trying to figure that out. Are they? Do, do you think Kyle Korver is going to play a huge part off the bench or could there just be other guys and it could just be based on series that Budenholzer goes with different guys? Yeah, I think it could be based on series, but you know, maybe he plays like 8, 10, 12 minutes uh, in a playoff game, depending on how things go. May, you know, Maybe more loaded towards the first half, or maybe they keep the rotations a little bit more similar to the regular season you know, and get him in late in the first quarter to play some minutes with Giannis where they can run a Giannis Corver pick and roll uh, and, and force teams to decide what they want to deal with. Uh, maybe you know, do that late first quarter into the second quarter like he normally kind of does, get him out there for four, five, six minutes, and then decide based on the way, go- the, way the game is going if they want to do that again in the second half uh, or you know, give him any minutes in the second half. So I think that you know, he has a role. Anybody who can shoot the three the way he can, uh, especially you know, not just having to be set, uh, where he can run around screens like he did a lot tonight and shoot these kind of like, you know, leaning, floating threes, um, I-, I think there's a-, a spot for that. Uh, but it might be dictated by a series and, and whatever opportunities uh, the Bucks have um, you know, in front of them in the playoffs. Again, talking with Matt Velasquez of the Journal Sentinel here is the Bucks fall tonight, 109-95 out in Denver. They take on the Boston Celtics coming up Thursday, back home at Pfizer Forum. All right, so how big do you think this game really is between these two teams, Matt? Uh, it's whatever. <laughs> I, think the Bucks, I think the Bucks made it whatever uh, by the choices that they made. Um, you could, maybe you could read more into it. You know, I, I think... The, if, if Bud did anything, I think he's sufficiently like kind of squashed like any any worry or nerves about being on a three-game losing streak. Because if the Bucks had come in here, you know, with you know if Middleton had played, if Brook had played, even you know with the injuries that they had, if those guys had played and they had lost, then you'd be like, oh my gosh, the Bucks are in trouble. They're 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 floundering. They have a three-game losing streak right. for the first time in like two seasons. But now it's like, well, what did you expect them to do? Like they they played all the guys who like never play. So of course. You expect him to lose against a fully healthy, like rested, like Nuggets team, like right? Right. So he, he kind of quashed that, and like being in the locker room tonight for the last time for who knows how long. Um, you know, the guys were totally fine. Like they were, they were laughing, joking, having a good time. They were not panicking or nervous. It wasn't a big issue for them. It was like that before the game. It was like that after the game. Um, you know, this is to them like a little blip on the radar. Um, you know, they're, they're, they know that. You know, they have bigger goals and they're trying to do bigger things. Uh, and that obviously guys are banged up. So now they're looking forward to getting home. I think they have seven of the next eight at home. They're against a bunch of tough teams, but still it's not, you know, it's not on the road. It's a lot of games at home and they're looking forward to it. All right. So can we, Matt, anticipate that, you know, Giannis, Bledsoe, George Hill, that all these guys will be ready to go for Thursday? Or can we not guarantee that at this point? I think Giannis is harder to know. Um, because I don't think they're going to take any chances with him, and nor should they. Right. Um, if he if he's 99%, they'd probably try and keep him out. Um, but you know, with the way that the that Bledsoe's injury was termed, you know, in pregame, it seems like it's something that they just wanted to get him a little bit of rest for. Um, and that he's been dealing with it, you know, other times. It's no big deal. And then George Hill, they just didn't want to play him on the back-to-back. So I would expect that we would have, you know, we'd be able to see. A, a more normal Bucks lineup. Just Giannis is the big question mark. Uh, 
and we probably won't know anything about that probably until Wednesday because uh, they don't practice tomorrow uh, getting back home after the back-to-back. Uh, so there's not going to be any availability. They don't need to um, to share his status uh, at all. And so we might not know until after they practice on Wednesday. And on Wednesday, I take it you'll be six to eight feet away from Giannis and whoever else talks to the media? Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think I think that'll be the rule. Um you know, it, it is what it is, and obviously everybody wants to, um, you know, ensure the safety of everybody involved. Right. Um, you know, but this is uh, hopefully something that will will be able to pass quickly, and we can all kind of get back to normal. Uh, but until then, we'll try to uh, make sure everyone stays disease-free. And wash your hands. Uh, all the time. All the time. <laughs> yeah, tw- 20 seconds every time. 20 seconds. They, they say if you do happy birthday, that, that that's... That does it while you're washing your hands. I, I heard that somewhere, so you could try that. Or you could just count to 20. Yeah, e- either one. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Matt, I appreciate it. Thanks thanks again from, uh, for joining us from Denver. We always appreciate it, and we will talk to you uh, Thursday night after the game. Sounds great. All right, there he is, Matt Velasquez. Check out all of his fine work, JS Online, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Uh, and he joined us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Has your passion outgrown your home? A Great Midwest Bank home renovation loan may give you the space it deserves. Visit greatmidwestbank.com today. Simply local lending since 1935. Some good stuff there. Yeah, I have no idea. Like for the writers, this is the thing. Let me take you behind the scenes here for just a second. So myself, Chuck Freeman, and Sam Schmitz, who's producing uh, tonight with me, uh, Sam is going to be covering the Bucks game on Thursday night for us. And for us radio guys, like our job when we're there is to get the best quality sound and be able to send that back to the station so then we can play it on this very post-game show. Well, since we're not allowed to be six to eight feet closer to a particular player, we're not allowed to be face-to-face, we have to be six to eight feet back, our arms are not long enough. Sam, I don't know what you're going to do, dude. I don't know what you're going to do. My mic cord's not long enough. Right. But then it's like, how are you supposed to, I mean, I mean, you don't have, I mean, how long are your arms? You can't do that. I mean, oh, it, they're not very long. Th- there's surprisingly. No, well, and then, plus they're not going to want your hand no. near their player's face either. I mean, you can't do anything to get near this person. So I have no idea what us radio guys are going to do. On Thursday, we might just have to pull it off Fox Sports Wisconsin. Um, And we courtesy them and thank them for all of it. Uh, But that kind of sucks for us. The only thing I can plead to the Bucs, if the Bucs PR staff is listening to this show right now, is to just bring Giannis and Chris Middleton up to the podium. That makes our lives easier. Then we we can get the best sound we can. We can share for you guys who are listening to this very show right now and everything's good. But again, wash your hands, be clean. That's all I can say. Otherwise, I'm not going to say anything else about this Corona thing. Live your life. Live your life. Bucks lose 109.95. We'll have more coming up next right here on The Fan. Was it a dunk? Was it a key basket in transition? Was it a spectacular play down the lane? It's time for the Wrench and Go drive of the game. Need auto parts? Wrench and Go is a self-service yard. Bring your own tools and access the lowest price auto parts around. This is the Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show, driven by Mercedes-Benz of Milwaukee North on the fan. 
Welcome back. Radio Joe Zanzola with you in for baby Tausch tonight as the Bucks fall 109-95. But have no fear, Bucks fans. It ain't the end of the world. Tonight was kind of fun, and Bucks almost knocked off Denver in their home court with the C team going up against the A team. There was one thing that Wesley Matthews did right, and it's our drive of the game. He had this beautiful reverse layup, but literally that's the only thing he did well tonight. Wesley Matthews, beautiful reverse. Beautiful reverse, better finish. Nice job, Wes, getting to the opposite side, using that left-hand dribble on the baseline to find some space. I like her to see a Fox Sports Wisconsin. Yeah, Wesley Matthews did not have a good night tonight shooting 2 of 11 from the field, but that was one of the bright spots. You know who else sucked tonight? It wasn't on the Bucks. It was Jokic. Nikola Jokic played like crap tonight. And that was another positive in this game that we really haven't talked about. I, I, I think it was a combination of two things. One, the Bucks kept him in check, but two... He just didn't he he just didn't feel like playing tonight. And he just had no energy. He was complaining about everything on the court. He had some really bad shots. I mean, this is the guy that usually just gives it to the Bucks every time they play them. And thankfully, they only have to play him twice a season. I mean, Sam Schmitz and I were talking about it during the break. Remember a couple of years ago, that dude had a triple double in our home court. Before halftime, remember that? Remember that he had a triple double before the half here in Milwaukee, and we were all like, "Whoa!" I mean, Jokic is a hell of a basketball player. I was just stunned tonight by the way that dude played, considering they needed his help to just keep above and stay above what the Bucks were trying to pull off. Now, again, Jokic tonight had ten points. In 30 minutes, 4 of 13 from the field, 1 of 5 from three-point land. Nine boards, seven dimes. That was really the only positive. He was doing some other things, but beyond that, for a guy that usually has the Bucks number, nah, baby, nah. It's not the case. So that was another positive tonight. So Jokic was one. The one guy that, and I haven't talked about him either, Jamal Murray, um, who played really well in the fourth quarter tonight, and he really started to get hot. I mean, he was hitting jump shot after jump shot. That dude uh, is probably one of the more underrated guards in the league. I don't think people talk, I mean, just like people don't talk enough about the Denver Nuggets and the fact that they could pose a threat to teams like the Lakers and the Clippers in the playoffs, I think you got a straight look at Jamal Murray and just how effective of a guard he is. Um he is really, really solid. He has been really throughout his whole career since he was drafted. Um, I, I just, I really like his game. He's got a really good mid-range game, a lot like Middleton. Um, hits the three, a lot of athleticism. Um, and you just saw it tonight. There's just a lot of situations where he was just able to pull up, hit his jumper, create space. Uh, that That's just a guy that I don't think gets enough props, enough credit, enough attention around the league, but he is a really nice compliment to go alongside Jokic and that Denver Nuggets squad. Something else I want to do, um, tell you guys about. Actually, let's do it this way. Let's do the eye on the enemy, and then I'm going to give you another big positive and a big picture look at the box as well. 
Behold our mortal enemy. We're keeping an eye on the enemy. How did the bad guy look tonight? Sponsored by Coach's Pub and Grill on South 13th Street. Stop in today for lunch or dinner and try their fabulous Friday fish fry. Now open, Coach's on Lake Danoon. This is the Pick and Save Pro Hoops Post Game Show, driven by Mercedes-Benz of Milwaukee North on The Fan. All right, so let's eye up the enemy. We're looking ahead to the game coming up on Thursday. Remember, we will have the Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show driven by Mercedes-Benz Milwaukee North immediately following that game. Bucks and Celtics, Pfizer Forum. I'm guessing that's going to be near a sellout. Big, big game on Thursday. It's worth noting that the Milwaukee Bucks have something in common with the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics have also lost four of their last five. They're not coming in to Pfizer Forum red hot. They are just like the Bucks. And here's who the Celtics have lost to here within this stretch of games. They lost to Houston in overtime, 111-110. They lost to Brooklyn in overtime. Both of these games were at home, by the way, 129-120. They beat Cleveland on the road. And then the next two were back at home in Boston. They lose to Utah 99-94, and then they lose by a point to OKC on Sunday 105-104. So there's been some really close games, and all their four losses all came at home for Boston. And this is a team that was red hot for a while. I mean, remember, they were kind of the flavor of the day a couple of weeks ago where they had that big winning streak of seven games, and it seemed like they were turning it around. Jason Tatum was blowing up. Well, now they've kind of come back down to earth, and I kind of saw this coming. I, I think Boston's a is a pretty good team, but I again, w- when you're stacking them up against the Bucks in a seven-game series, I'm sorry, but they're not good enough. They're not good enough. They don't have the same depth that the Bucks do. I like Jason Tatum. I think he's a hell of a player. I like Jalen Brown. I think he's good too. Kemba Walker, one of my favorites. I, I've always liked Kemba Walker. But again, when you put these two teams up in a seven-game set this season, Bucks are going to have them. And whether or not the Bucks, Bucks win or lose, I still don't think it's going to be the end of the world if they lose coming up on Thursday, even at home. Yeah, the streak would be at four. I still don't think it would be the end of the world. I think for sanity purposes and just for everyone to chill out, a win would go a long way. You beat Indiana at home right before you went out west, and they're a playoff team, and we forget about that game. But I think going in, this will be important for the Bucks. Hopefully everyone is healthy. Now, with all that being said, as the Boston Celtics ride in four of their last five losing just like the Milwaukee Bucks. I did some digging today. Uh, I was doing a little research, and I wanted to kind of remind people that the last five years, champions, NBA champions, when you look at the regular season, they've had their fair share of woes and bad spots on the schedule and losing streaks. So I, I thought it was kind of fun just to look back at the last 
five NBA champions to kind of see where they had some blemishes in their schedule where they struggled. Because again, that's the one thing. It's while this game tonight really didn't mean a hill of beans outside of the fact that your your Bucks bench played their hearts out tonight against a really good Nuggets team. The three-game losing streak, considering how well the Bucks have played all year and the fact that they've won almost every game, you got to put things into perspective here. Like the Raptors, who won it last year, they had a stretch last season in the regular season where they went 7-7 seven of seven from February 24th to March 24th. Their longest losing streak last year was three games in mid-November. But they had a stretch in the final couple of months where they went 7-7. Seven and seven. They were 500. And then they started to heat up going into the playoffs. The Warriors, who won it during the 2017-18 season, the Warriors get this head of stretch where they went 7-10 and 10 from March 9th all the way to the end of the regular season. Seven wins, ten losses. It included a three-game losing streak. They also had two other points in that stretch where they lost three out of four games. They ended up 58-24 and 24 that year. I think the Bucs will have more than 58 wins at the end of this season. I'd like to think. They're at 53 right now. The Warriors, the 2016-2017 Warriors, who won the NBA championship, they had a stretch in early March where they lost five out of seven games, including a three-game skid. They ended up winning 14 of their final 15 heading into the playoffs. That team won 67 games. The Cavs with LeBron James that season where they won the NBA championship. They had a stretch early in the season where they lost four of six Then they had two more stretches of losing three out of four, including at the very end of the regular season, and that Cavs team ended up having 57 wins. And then finally, the 2014-2015 Warriors, where the Splash Brothers really made an impact, they had a stretch early in the season where they lost three out of five. They also had a 3-3 and mark in late February. Otherwise, that team was just unstoppable. They ended up having 67 wins at all. So my point is... A three-game losing streak, even if it goes to four games on Thursday, guys, it's not a big deal. It's just not. The Bucs are going to have the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. And I think for a lot of you who constantly tell us here on The Fan that getting to 70 wins doesn't matter or the regular season doesn't matter, well, then you should look at something like this and just say, you know what, it really doesn't matter. It really doesn't. I think it's fair that every team has to have adversity. Every team has to be humbled just a little bit. Because sometimes if you're not humbled, your head can get a little bigger. And it can get a little bigger. And it can get a little bigger. And before you know it, your head explodes. And the next thing you know, you're sitting at home because you thought you could beat anyone. And that really wasn't the case. You got humbled a little too late. So I just think that this just isn't a big deal. I, I, I mean, I just, I, I, for, for me, the way I accept it as a Bucks fan, watching this Bucks team just dominate the last two seasons, that it's going. I, I just want to get to the playoffs. I just want to be here. I want to get through the first round, no problems. You know, the second round is going to be challenging. Whether you're dealing with maybe Philadelphia or the Miami Heat, who have been giving the Bucks some fits. 
But I still expect this team, for as talented as they are and for as deep as they are, like we saw tonight, they should be representing the East. They should. That's how I feel about it. Some Bucks fans in this city, a little bit more insecure. Last season did not help. Losing four straight to Toronto did not help that psyche. But I just feel really good about it. I'm not going to freak out about it. For years, for years, being on this station and having the opportunity to host these shows and uh, you know, to be negative about a lot of things, I, I just don't feel negative at all about this Bucks team. I feel confident about this Bucks team. You guys should feel confident too. This is a damn good basketball team. And now, we just wait to see when Giannis is going to be ready to go. And hopefully that will be coming up. There's no guarantees right now. We just talked to Matt Velasquez about it. Um, we really we really don't we really don't know what his status will become Wednesday when they're back at practice and they're out there shooting the basketball. We should know by then and the Bucks they may not even say anything then. I mean again this could be one of those situations where the Celtics are going to have to figure out should they game plan for Giannis or not. How much time should they be devoting to game planning? Because Mike Budenholzer really could be quiet about this until a couple of hours before they actually tip off on Thursday at Pfizer Forum. So we'll see. Again, 109.95. This is the uh, Pick and Save Pro Hoops postgame show. Radio Joe Zola with you. Um, we'll wrap things up coming up next year. And again, we'll um, we'll hear from Frank Mason and Kyle Korver. We'll hear from both of them. I want to hear from Frank Mason, too, because cool opportunity for him. I mean, he's been dominating in the G League. He just had a really good month in February. Um, I mean, the Wisconsin Hurts playing some great basketball right now. So I'll be curious to hear what Frank Mason had to say as he got some significant minutes in this one. And Kyle Korver also stepped up big. So we'll hear from those guys coming up as we wrap things up next here on The Fan. And say Pro Hoops post game show driven by Mercedes Benz in Milwaukee North. Welcome back, Radio Joe's and Zola with you guys for a few more minutes. Still want to get in 414 799 1250 is the phone number. Listening late, God bless you if you're staying up late. It's almost midnight on a Monday, but really, if, you, if you're up late, I commend you, I salute you. Uh, thanks for taking some time tonight to listen. And again, we really haven't had anything negative to say about the Bucks tonight because it was just one of those games where, hey, try some different, try something different. Considering the circumstances, considering how the road trip has gone, considering the fact that uh, your team is not healthy right now, some of your key players are not healthy, the fact that you're coming on a back-to-back higher altitude in Denver, your bodies have to adjust to that. Why not play Thanasis tonight? Why not play Sterling Brown? Why not play Frank Mason III, uh, who has been just tearing up the G League? Uh, if you haven't had a chance to catch a Wisconsin Herd game up in Appleton, you should. They've been a lot of fun to watch this year. Frank Mason has been a part of that. He had a chance to talk about his game afterwards. So this is a group that doesn't necessarily play together a ton. How do you think you guys gelled tonight and came together to work as a unit? 
My, like you said, I think it's a pretty good job for a group that you know uh, just got out there all together, and um, we did a great job of compete. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't win the game, but we'll look at the tape and see how we can get better. Coach Bud has talked about you as it's really important to have that third point guard, especially with such a long season. How much do you relish the role that he has kind of created for you? I embrace it, honestly. You know, um, I just come to work to get better every day. Um, just watching from the sidelines, and even when I'm not with the team, just finding ways to get better and help and impact the game and, you know, just, just do my job. What was it like to be a part of a night where Kyle Korver goes off? Like, I'm sure you've seen it, but, like, to actually get to be a part of it, be the one feeding him and getting him involved. Yeah, it felt great. You know, like you said, he was knocking down shots. Uh, he's been doing that throughout his whole career. Uh, it was great to see him do that tonight, and um, I'm happy to see the ball going for Kyle, and um, hopefully he can keep that role the next game. What was the vibe like among you guys? Obviously, probably not a group that people might expect to be able to push the Nuggets like you guys did. Yeah, but kind of how do you kind of come together and be able to do to do what you did? Well, we know going into the game, we didn't have our best players, Giannis and Chris and those guys. And uh, we just took it upon ourselves to compete at a high level, uh, share the ball, play within the system, you know, play aggressive and, you know, just try to execute on the offensive end and just play our best. There he is. That's Frank Mason the third. Uh, who got some significant minutes. He came off the bench 30 minutes, 4 of 12 from the field, 1 of 6 from three-point territory, had four rebounds, five dimes, a steal, and nine points. And uh, while the actual line there isn't great, uh, it's still very meaningful for Frank Mason. And um, it's there's I mean, there were a lot of things that didn't necessarily go right for him tonight. He tried to rush some things, um, tried to maybe do a little too much, um, and a bad pass in there. I mean, there was just there. There were things that Frank Mason, I think, can take away from it. But again, it's an NBA game. It's completely different uh, from the G League. And you know, I I I I love the fact that the Bucks actually have a G League team. I mean, we've been begging for this for years to be able to have, um, you know, somewhat of a similar culture and to have kind of that farm system. I mean, the the G League works very different. Uh, than the minor leagues do in Major League Baseball. And, you know, you only got two guys that can be on two-way contracts and everyone else that's on the roster isn't necessarily... You can't just call them up to the Bucks. You can only do it with the two two-way players. Uh, it, it's a little bit more complicated uh, than what it is in Major League Baseball where you just have control of everyone and you just have to manipulate the roster in order to get guys up to the big league level. Uh, but it is very meaningful to have your own G League team and to have that culture. And Frank Mason uh, has been one of the stars of that Wisconsin Herd team. So that was a really cool moment for him. Another cool moment was a guy who, again, we talked about it a little bit earlier with Matt Velasquez, what kind of role he might have in the postseason and what kind of minutes he might have. But Kyle Korver had a season-high 23 points tonight in 24 minutes. That's pretty impressive. 8 of 15 shooting, 5 of 11 from three-point territory. Also four boards, four dimes, and a steal. Kyle Korver, the veteran, had a chance to talk about it after the game. So we, thought we came out and played with uh, a lot of energy and you know, competed the best we could. How did it feel having that kind of stroke tonight? <clears throat> oh, it was good. You know, I mean, I was trying to find my rhythm again. You know, I was out for a good little while. So I just tried, you know, um, but the guys we had out, you know, there's, you know, probably I just wanted to, wanted to be aggressive and wanted to come out and you know try to give us a little spark and you know try to find my rhythm a little bit. So uh, it was a, a good opportunity for me to try to do that tonight. Did you have to remind Bud of some of the sets that you like? Like, hey, we haven't run these in a while. <laughs> you remember this one that we used to run back in Atlanta? But... Yeah, I know. We uh, we 
We didn't quite get there. Um, but he ran some great stuff. And I mean, we, we had, I thought the ball moved really well. I mean, it wasn't just me getting shots. I thought the ball hopped around and we moved uh, bodies. We, we, we played with the pass. We played with a lot of great energy. And so that's just, that's just fun basketball to me. Absolutely. Again, you can't be mad about this. You just can't be mad about it. Kyle Korver having some fun. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just, it sucks to lose three straight games, but everyone obviously knows the circumstances. And, uh, you know, I heard Chris Middleton last night after the game, you know, bring up the fact that, yeah, you, you know, you don't want to lose three straight games. You don't want to get swept out West. But I also think that was under the assumption that Chris Middleton was actually going to play in this game. I think if you ask Chris Middleton now, his thoughts, I don't think Chris Middleton's going to give you the same answer that he did last night. Because, again, it's a different set of circumstances. Lopez didn't play tonight. Dante DiVincenzo didn't play tonight. Marvin Williams didn't play tonight. None of those guys were hurt, according to Mike Budenholzer. Uh, he was resting them. There's no question about it. He was resting them. And it was just a huge opportunity for the rest of the team to do something. Uh, so that was pretty cool. Uh, some other scores from around the league tonight. Really, there hasn't been much action. Toronto defeated Utah 101-92. Uh, Atlanta in double overtime beat Charlotte 143 to 138, and then your your Bucks, of course, losing tonight 109 95. And looking at some of the standings between the Eastern Conference and, of course, the Western Conference, the Milwaukee Bucks uh, still have a six and a half game lead over the Toronto Raptors for the number one seed. Bucks, of course, have already clinched a playoff berth. But I'll, I'll say it again, guys. I'm not worried about the Bucks giving up that at all. They should be the number one seed. Uh, they will get this together. Let's just not be prisoner of the moments here. There's no reason to. Uh, but the Bucks right now, six and a half game lead over Toronto. Uh, Toronto has won four straight games, so they picked up some ground. They picked up three games, three and a half games on this Bucks team um, because of that losing streak. But again, the Bucks should be able to get this together. Uh, the Celtics are 10 games back of the number one seed. They have the three spot at 42 and 21. Miami has the four. Uh, they're 41 and 23 on the season. And then Indiana's right there. They, st- I mean, don't count Indiana out as a team that could get the three or four seed. I mean, they're only three and a half game games behind Boston for the number three spot. They're in the fifth position right now. Philadelphia's right there. They're a game behind Indiana with the number six spot. And then it's kind of a given. It's Brooklyn and it's Orlando, and that's likely who the Bucs will be playing in the first round. One of those two teams, as they kind of duke it out, they have very similar records. Brooklyn's 29 and 34, Orlando's 29 and 35. I guess if you're the Bucs, it'd be great to go to Orlando, get to go to sunny Florida instead of Brooklyn. Uh, but that's just me. Um, but that's pretty much it. I mean, Washington isn't going to catch Orlando. I think it's going to be Brooklyn and Orlando, one of those two teams for the Bucks. And then out west, uh, again, we talk about the Lakers having that number one spot. The Clippers are six and a half games behind them. And then you got the Denver Nuggets, who the Bucks really put up a fight against tonight. Uh, they're at 43-21. and 21. Uh, They're half a game behind the Clippers. They could still take that number two seed. Utah is in the fourth position. OKC is number five, Houston number six, Dallas number seven. There's a huge bunch there between Utah, OKC, Houston, and Dallas. uh, Literally two and a half games apart. That's pretty crazy. And then the Memphis Grizzlies rounded out with the eighth seed. Um, Unless New Orleans and Zion Williamson can go on some kind of run, Memphis will probably hold the eighth spot. So that's what the standings look like. It's interesting to check up on that. This season is flying by. I don't know if 
I don't know about you guys, but I can't believe it's March, almost mid-March, and we're about a month away from the NBA playoffs. Just crazy. My thanks to Matt Velasquez for joining me on the show, as well as Sam Schmitz producing, doing a great job as always. I'm Radio Joe Zanzola. I'll be back after Bucks and Celtics Thursday night at Fiserv Forum. Be sure to tune in to this station here on the fan. Pick and save Pro Hoops post game show. You guys have a great night. We will talk to you later. I'm losing my voice. Good night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.